0: That sweet aroma, I'm bold and beautiful, I can hardly wait to taste. Early morning, something wonderful is about to make my day. Hey! Give me a good cup of coffee, give me a word that rocks me. A whole lot of Jesus and a little caffeine. The world waits at the front door, let it wait just a bit more. Because I need Jesus and a little caffeine. Hello everybody out there in podcast land and welcome to another episode of Jesus and Coffee, amen. My name is Jay Brooks, and I'm your host for this devotional Bible study. I'm a Christian, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. I love Jesus, and I love coffee, hence the name of this broadcast. I have my Bible open in front of me and a nice hot mug of dark roast coffee, so I have everything I need to start my day. This isn't really about coffee, it's all about Jesus. I just drink coffee while I'm doing it, and I happen to love this song by John Waller. My wife and I met him in August of 2017 at a free concert he gave in a church here in New England. We had a nice conversation, and he wasn't trying to get rid of us. He was genuinely interested in getting to know us a little bit. Check out his music. And if you have a chance to go see him, I highly recommend it. He is a good Christian brother who loves Jesus and loves coffee. So that makes him my kind of guy. So let's get things started, shall we? Today I will once again be reading from the English Standard Version. I'm going to read John chapter 20, verses 10 through 18. Okay, let's pray and get into the Word. Almighty God, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we ask you to open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your holy word. Change us with your word because we desperately need to be changed. Speak to us through your word because we desperately need to hear your voice and reveal yourself to us from your word because we desperately need to know you. Amen. Then the disciples went back to their homes Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Amen. Yes, folks, that was the same passage of scripture I read in the previous episode, and that's because I have more to say about this passage of scripture. So here we go. Most of chapter 20, starting in the very first verse, is written in the dramatic present. I have mentioned before that the dramatic present, or historical present, means to speak or write about things from the past as if they are happening now. The dramatic present is normally used to portray an event vividly and cause the reader to have an experience like being in the midst of the scene as it unfolds. We have a tendency, after we have been reading the Bible for a while, to get a little blasé about it. It becomes too familiar. The dramatic present reminds us that the events being described are extremely significant. We should pay close attention and be amazed. John wants us to experience the wonder and the awe that Peter, John, and Mary experienced here at the empty tomb. He wants to draw us into the events described and experience them as if we are there with them. I find it interesting that in chapter 19, John only used the dramatic present when Pilate spoke to the crowd when Pilate spoke to Jesus, and when Jesus spoke from the cross. It is apparent to me that John sees the resurrection and the events of that day as more important than the crucifixion. The crucifixion is obviously important. Christ paid the price for the sins of the world on the cross. I will never minimize that. The suffering Jesus experienced on the cross, especially being separated from the Father, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, still grieves me. My sin put him through that. My sin drove the nails that held him there. My sin, my selfish sin caused Jesus to suffer like no man has suffered. I believe that every time I sin on this side of my personal salvation experience, Jesus weeps as he wept at Lazarus grave no I will never minimize what Jesus suffered on the cross for me no sir however without the resurrection Jesus is just another criminal who was crucified by the Romans the resurrection proves Jesus is God in the flesh the resurrection gave the frightened bewildered disciples the boldness to spread the gospel without fear The astounding events of this particular Sunday morning make the crucifixion of Christ more than just another execution. If Jesus died on the cross and stayed dead, then there is no reason to care about him or his crucifixion. If Jesus wasn't resurrected, then he wouldn't even be a footnote in history, which of course is his story. Peter and John are perplexed and go home. Mary is heartbroken and overwhelmed with grief. All jesus does is say her name and she is filled with joy imagine if you will that you are mary you have had a sleepless night you get up early in the morning and you make your way to the tomb it is still dark out but you know you can find your way you could never forget the location where jesus was buried a few short days ago you have been weeping since you saw the roman soldiers nail jesus to the cross you are still having trouble processing the events of the last few days Only a week ago, Jesus and the others entered Jerusalem to an amazing celebration. It seemed as if the whole city was there, joyfully shouting Hosanna and waving palm branches. You can still hear them. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Yes, the King of Israel. Jesus the Christ will soon be seated on the throne of his father David. He will expel the Romans and everything will change. The Messiah has come to rescue his people and everything will change. Everything. Oh, what a glorious day that was. The sense of anticipation was so strong you could barely contain yourself. Then something terrible happened. Just a few days after this wonderful event, Jesus was arrested. He was brought to Pilate and the crowd that had been hailing him as the son of David and the king of Israel turned against him. A few hours later, you watched as they nailed him to a cross to die. How could this have happened? How is it that you are now walking to his tomb? What went wrong? You dedicated yourself to this man. You poured out your life into this man, and now he is dead. The one in whom you placed all of your hope is dead. As you approach the the tomb, forgive me, all these thoughts are swirling around in your head, and the tears just won't stop. Where are they coming from? How could I still have any tears left? Surely the place they come from must be dry by now. Then you see it. You think maybe in your grief you have gone to the wrong place. There should be Roman soldiers standing by. There should be a massive stone covering the mouth of the cave. You are in the right place. And now, just in case the indignity of the cross wasn't enough, the grave has been desecrated. You run to tell Peter and John, surely they will know what to do. But no, they have no clue. After they see the tomb is empty, they just go back home. How could this be possible? The one who came to save Israel has been murdered, and now his body has been stolen. You look in to see for yourself, and you see two men dressed in white. Who are they? Where did they come from? How did they get in there? Peter and John didn't mention them to me. I didn't see them go in there. They ask you the stupidest question you have ever heard. Why are you weeping? Why am I weeping? Why am I weeping? Well, let's see. A week ago, my teacher came into Jerusalem, was hailed as the king of Israel, and a few days later, he was murdered. Now, the place where he has been buried is desecrated, and you two guys are sitting where his body was, and I don't know where they have taken him. Then you turn around, and you see the gardener standing there, and he asks you the same question. Please, sir, if you have taken him away, just tell me where he is." A moment later, your bitter tears turn to tears of joy as the one you thought was the gardener says your name, Mary. When he says your name, in that familiar way you have heard so many times before, you know it is him. Praise God he is alive. He did come to save Israel. Even the grave can't hold him. You are overjoyed. You wrap your arms around him, and all is well in your world. Thank you for listening to Jesus and Coffee. Amen, and may God richly bless you.